With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Auburn prepares for their Week 2 matchup versus Cal. Let's talk about it on this live edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, Auburn family? What is up, Uptempo gang? Welcome to this Tuesday night edition of Uptempo Live. I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. Blake, got off to a hot 1-0 start, man. All the vibes were positive. Everybody's feeling good. But this week, got a, a test, man, a real test. We're traveling out to Cal. How you feeling tonight, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to talk some Cal football. Uh, trying to get a guest in here right now, actually. Trying to send an email uh, to get old Jim in here so we can talk some Cal football, Dustin. But sure, I was sure, pleased. Sure. I was I was pleased with week one uh, and and everything that went down with the UMass game, like we talked on our recap, man. And uh, I'm just excited to go out on the West Coast. I know Coach Hugh Free said that uh, he did not like West Coast trips. I can't blame him traveling across two time zones and everything and just the late kick. And I completely get it. But I think this Auburn football team will be prepared. Uh, I think they will be ready. And I think the Auburn Tigers will come out of Cal with a with a big time win, Dustin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like you said, I'll let you get that guest in here. We have uh, Jim McGill from Bear Insider joining us tonight to give us a little peek behind enemy lines over there. Take a look at the Cal Golden Bears, because obviously we don't know anything about those guys. So we're going to get Jim in here while Blake handles that, guys. Let's talk about this commitment. DeAndre Carter. We landed another one, Blake. Four star, number 78 player in the nation, according to Rivals. I wanted to point out that um, Auburn is now 13th overall per Rivals, uh, 11th per on three, and I believe with 24 7. I've just tried to look and get it. I believe like 13th or 14th. So, no matter where you look, we're in that top 15. We all have kind of been saying we feel like we're going to fall in that like seven to eight range. Um, we know what it's been on the offensive line. Even with this class, the struggles have been there. We've got some guys at Riggins, I believe, with us going to Georgia Tech, whatever in the world the fiasco was with Reese Baker. Uh, 
what, what's the kid that ended up going to Stanford? I've already forgot his name that we felt like was committed. And then the next week he ends up committing to Stanford. So the, the house kid. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Khalil house. I believe his name was. So the offensive line has definitely been an adventure. And then we actually got a commitment during the game from uh, Spencer Dowling, a class of 2025. He became the third commitment of our 25, 2025 class. So we're already getting that thing kicked off. And if uh, our varsity squad members know that I put in a prediction for another 25 prospect uh, to come in very, very soon. Um, but this one right here is big time, man. You had to get this kid. Uh, there's no way that you could, could lose a guy like this that you were heavy in the lead for. And if you remember back to Big Cat, they worked really hard to get him back because I believe he'd already taken his OV. Don't quote me on that. I do believe he'd already taken his OV. So they worked hard to get him back. And, uh, man, just a big-time commitment for Auburn. Uh, 18th commitment in the class. Like I said, number 78 overall player, 6'4", 340 pounds. The kid is an absolute road grader, man. Uh, breaking down this game real quick before we get our guy Jim in here. Uh, kid's a run blocker. That's his strength right now, run blocking. Um, probably going to project to be a guard. Uh, has the ability to play tackle, but he's just got to work out a little bit of things there. Uh, as of now, he is a – if you look at some of his highlights, he comes to there and he is just cleaning kids, bro. Um, so definitely a big-time get for Auburn, and they feel like uh, a guy – when you look at this offensive line, uh, when I talk about him playing guard versus tackle, look at a guy like Gunnar Britton, right? They're moving these guys all around. So I think they're going to go after guys that they think can play multiple positions. All the tools here for DeAndre Carter to develop into one hell of a player. But look. We wrapped up this UMass thing. We want to take a peek forward to the matchup. A little Pac-12 after dark, Blake, something that we don't get to participate in too often, man. <laughs> and we wanted to bring in our guy Jim McGill from Bear Insider, man, and uh, talk about this. Jim, how are you doing tonight, brother? What's up, guys? How are you doing? Uh, we're good, man. We're good. We're excited to uh, to stay up late, man. We've been making the jokes all week. We're going to need some Red Bull or something. We're going to be taking naps at 6, 7 o'clock here for us. Uh, about 9.45 kickoff, man. We'll be doing post game at 1.30 a.m. in the morning. Going to be wild, but we're excited for this one. Welcome to our world. We have a lot of those late nights. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. I'm glad we're not. At least we're in the central time zone. Our, uh, our, Eastern, our Eastern time zone, Auburn guys, that's going to be tough for sure, man. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to start off with this, Jim. Just a rare matchup, right? How excited is the Cal fan base and what is kind of the feel around Berkeley about having an SEC team come out there? I believe I saw the day where it was sold out, correct? I don't know that it's sold out, but it's probably pretty close. The, the level of excitement from Cal fans is really high. It's been circled on everybody's calendars for years, as is the return game at Auburn. Can't wait to get out there. Mm -hmm. It's a great experience at Stanford, but um, SEC – not very common. I think the last SEC opponent we had was Ole Miss, and and Cal swept them um, home and road. And then uh, I think before that it was Tennessee, and Tennessee got Cal pretty good in 06, and Cal returned the favor in the 07. Hmm. Well, Jim, man, I, I wanted to kick things off with uh, Justin Wilcox and your head coach at, at the University of Cal Berkeley, man. And could you talk a little bit about him and him just going into the transfer portal and and revamping this roster and just really bringing kids in uh, from all over the country, man? And uh, both of you, both of your quarterbacks being transfers and everything. And I know both of them saw a little action. We'll talk about them later. Uh, but just talk about the job that he has done out there. Well. Going into the transfer portal was particularly important because it's difficult to get any recruiting traction from the high school ranks when you're not getting it done on the field. And they haven't had a winning season since 2019, 2020, 2021, and 22 were disappointing years. So 
the the transfer portal is a way to rectify that. And I, I think there's a lot of parallels between Cal's program and, and Auburn's. You guys struggled uncharacteristically recently and mm-hmm. and Freeze put together a really good portal recruiting class that has turned things around very quickly. That's exactly what Cal needed. They they didn't just take guys to take guys. They they were very intentional about how they filled holes and they clearly had to get a couple of pickups at the quarterback position and a couple of pickups on the offensive line to make a big difference. You couple that with a couple of key offensive coaching changes and offensive coordinator Jake Spavadol and and uh, offensive line coach Mike Blesch, and you're you're talking about a major difference right there. Those two things and getting back uh, four injured defensive linemen that missed most or all of last season were the big holes last year, and those have been largely plugged. It looks like. Well, Jim, could you talk a little bit about uh, Sam Jackson, the fifth game? And I know he's questionable for Saturday, uh, but could you talk about just the impact that he had this past Saturday against North Texas? He didn't get to play a lot Saturday, but what he brings to the field is keeping a defense off balance. He's got a very strong arm Mm -hmm. and he's got real wheels. He's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the country. So you can't can't lay back on him. You, you can't stack the box reliably and not get get burned on it if he's in there. Um, he didn't get to play a whole lot Saturday, unfortunately, for him and, and for the team. But Finley obviously filled in really well, and, and he could get the start depending on exactly how healthy Jackson is. It, there's a, a pretty good chance that he'll start again Saturday, but uh, I don't think if there is much doubt about his long-term health that they'll risk it if they sense that on Friday, but um, they're going to evaluate that all week. He did practice today. Mm. What well, Ben Finley, uh, I believe he's from NC state, correct? Correct. Uh, what is, is he more of a pocket passer? Uh, just, just pro style. He is more of a pro style quarterback, but he's, he's uh, sneaky good on the runs. Um, he can throw on the move if he needs to, but less of uh he's more of a pocket passer, obviously than Jackson is. He's got a pretty good arm. He makes good reads. He's a smart guy. He picked up things pretty quickly. Usually, if a quarterback's going to come in and play, they're going to typically have come in and spring ball, but mm-hmm. he didn't have that advantage. He transferred later than that. So he, he picked up things really quickly. Fall camp is, is 17 practices, and then you've got uh, a, a little more than a week to practice for your first opponent. So he got broken in really quickly. And I think that they went with him instead of Fernando Mendoza the other backup quarterback because Mendoza is a redshirt freshman and he hadn't seen the field at all. And, and Finley had played four games um, at NC state and started a couple beat North Carolina in a critical game. So I think that being on the road, that, that, that was probably the safer call. Uh, Jim, I want to talk about this running back trio or room or you guys ran for 357 yards the other day. Uh, I know you guys are loaded in that backfield, man. Uh, and I think Jaden Ott is the main guy. Could you talk a little bit about that room and what Auburn might be facing Saturday? Jaden Ott is special. He is a combination of speed, um, ability to read the defense really well, and uh, ability to absorb a hit and not go down easily. So uh, he is definitely the key guy back there, and they only played him a little bit more than two quarters, so mm. he'll be fresh. He's running behind a revamped line with, um, as I mentioned earlier, Mike Blesch taking over and bringing in a couple of portal transfers. But he's a guy that is a big weapon, both um, both between the tackles and 
uh, as a receiver. I think he caught over 40 passes last year and mm-hmm. he had a couple of touchdowns on passes. Taking the, I remember he took a short one against Arizona to the house on a really long game, like 70 yards. So he's definitely the the bell cow of the backfield. Um, the second guy off the bench is uh, Isaiah Afonso. He had three touchdowns on Saturday, and I don't know if you saw the one that was kind of reminiscent of Marshawn Lynch's playoff get-off-me touchdown against New Orleans years ago. I think <laughs> 10 different guys hit him, and the last three were dragging him, trying to pull him away from the end zone, but he still dragged him in. Um, so he he's the guy that led Montana State to uh, uh, FCS power um, as their all-time leading rusher, almost 4,000 yards before he transferred to Cal. So he'd be the next guy, and uh, the two other guys who played Saturday, Ashton Stredick is a, a preferred walk-on out of Texas, and he gained a ton of yards in high school, and he's a really fast guy. He's probably about a 10-700 guy. He had a touchdown Saturday. And then the last guy off the bench was true freshman um, uh, Thomas, uh, Javen Thomas, they call him the Jet. Uh, he He's a smaller guy. He's 5'10", probably 175, but blazing fast. And he had 36 yards and just four carries in the fourth quarter. Uh, so it's a it's a good um, quartet of guys, and they're also um, nursing back to health. Justin Williams Thomas, who who played at, at Tennessee as a true freshman last year and transferred over to Cal, he's getting closer to be able to return, and and uh, he'd give them a big boost from the position too if he's able to to get back. I think this is probably a little bit too early for him though. Uh, Jim, how do you think your wide receiving core can match up against this Auburn secondary? Who are some guys that you guys have? Uh, I know you threw it around the yard this past Saturday for 312 yards, uh, but this Auburn secondary, we, we think that is the strength of our team. So what do you think this matchup will look like? That's a very interesting matchup. Um, the Cal coaches know that that the Auburn defensive backfield is going to be tough. I think the fact that they brought back a – an offensive coordinator who is super innovative and spavital will, will help a lot. I really like Cal's receiving core. It it goes eight deep, believe it or not. They've got a lot of guys that are really tall and fast and athletic with big catch radiuses. It starts with Jeremiah Hunter. He's a future NFL guy. Uh, he's, he's always going to be the leader on this team. Um, one guy I really like that's a transfer from Illinois is um, Brian Hightower. He's 6'4", 220. And you, you normally think of guys like that as guys that, you know, they, they're high point guys, red zone guys, but he stretches the field too. And he's got really good hands like him a lot. Um, in the slot, you've got uh, a veteran in Monroe young, his dad played in the NFL and he waited his time to get to play. He's in his sixth year. And finally he was able to get a shot last year and he had three TDs, I think in the last four games and he had a couple of tough catches on Saturday He's a guy in the slot that you'll see um, behind him in the slot. Maven Anderson's a guy who started last year outside, and he can play inside or outside because at 6'1", he's just got the type of body and speed where he can excel either way. He's got really nice hands, runs good routes. Um, he could surprise some people. Marquise Montgomery is a guy that we didn't see too much on Saturday, but he was a JC transfer offered by a lot of Blue Blood programs, and he's 6'5", 210, I think really good hands. He came on really strong in fall camp. There's, there's a lot of different guys whose numbers could be called and can really um, create some matchup difficulties with the defense. So I think that's going to be really a, a fun one to watch because it's not going to be easy for them to get open and they're not going to be easy to cover either. Who's going to win? 
Well, Jim, I, I know you guys, uh, you, you forced some turnovers on the defensive side of the ball Saturday. Uh, who are some guys over there? And uh, that D-line, will it be able to hold up against this Auburn O-line? I know everybody highlights from the SEC and Pac-12 play. Uh, it's all in the trenches, man. Who are some guys over there that you would highlight on that Cal defense? On the D-line, I don't think you'll expect to see a ton of pressure on the QB from them. They're more pluggers. They're guys that hold up the blockers and funnel guys to the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brett Johnson is the one to really watch. If he has the opportunity to play more reps this weekend, man, is that guy strong. I don't know how often you see college players suplex other college players, but he picks up offensive linemen and dumps them on their head. He's, he's unbelievable. He's coming back from uh, ACL that he missed all of last year from. So Uh, They're limiting his reps. I think he had 18 reps on Saturday. I expect he'll probably be more in the 30 to 35 range this time. He's the one to really watch. Um, Ethan Saunders is a guy that's strong on on the rush, and he's athletic. Uh, Up the middle, the the big guys, the big boys are Ricky Correa, who's 6'4", 335, and Stanley McKenzie, who's 6'3", 325. Uh, they're the big pluggers up the middle. The guys that are going to be making plays, I think Jackson Sermon is the one to really watch. He's going to probably lead the team in tackles. He usually does. He's a middle linebacker. He's in his sixth season. He's been first team all conference for the last couple of years at, at University of Washington before he transferred to Cal and at Cal last year. I really like the the outside pass rush too. They, they've got four guys that are pretty impactful on the pass rush. Xavier Carlton was a Utah transfer last year. He's uh, six seven, um, I think two sixty five or so, and uh, I really like David Reese on the other side. He's kind of like a, a starter or one A uh, with Miles Jernigan, who's also strong on the rush. Uh, Reese transferred from Florida. He had injury issues there and he had a pretty stacked depth chart there, so he came to Cal for an opportunity to play, and he's had a really good spring ball and fall camp. Then in the defensive backfield. Noel Williams is really the guy to watch. He is just a, a ball hawk in corner. He's a future NFL guy for sure. He's hard to, to complete passes against, and he's, uh, he's, he's a ball hawk. He, he's a guy that can generate interceptions for sure. I like all of the defensive backfield. They, they've got some great experience there. Uh, Nick Morris was a transfer from San Diego State, defensive conference player of the year, great pickup at safety, and uh, they've got uh, Jeremiah Irby who had an interception last week, super athletic interception at, at corner rotating with Lumadja Hearns. And uh, at nickel, they've got a transfer, Brian Littlejohn, who is another guy that plays the ball really well. So I, I really like their defensive backfield a lot. The thing that surprised a lot of Cal fans is they gave up two long passes last week that were broken plays. So obviously they've got some things to straighten out there. So there might be a little bit of vulnerability that Auburn can exploit if they can figure out what exactly caused that confusion in the, on those two plays. Mm-hmm. Dustin? Yeah. Uh, Jim, I saw where Cal had the uh, Pac-12 offensive lineman of the week, correct? Um, what could you tell me about this unit? Because I know over here at Auburn, we have like a whole revamped. It's, it's just a whole bunch of transfers. We have one guy that started uh, Saturday that returning from last year's team. So in this era of the portal, man, it, it can change every year. What are we getting in this unit, uh, this offensive line unit specifically? You get a lot of returners this year. Um, one okay. big change is that Matthew Sendrick was injured last week, and he's – a six-year player, and he's the honorable mention um, offensive lineman that, at both guard and center. Um, I tend to doubt he'll be there, but the other guys uh, are pretty much mainstays. At left tackle, you've got a portal transfer from Stanford who was a three-year starter, um, Barrett Miller. 
at left guard. It was Brian Driscoll. He slid over to center, did a really nice job. He got he got Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week mm-hmm. this last week. And uh, taking his place was uh, another portal transfer, Matthew Wyckoff, who came over from Texas A&M. He was a SEC all-freshman uh, offensive lineman. And then on the right side, a couple of returning starters, Siowape Vatakani, who's probably the strongest guy on the team. He uh, He's 6'3", 335, and benches about 480. And uh, then on the right tackle position is probably the guy who made the most improvement on the whole roster, which mm-hmm. was a, a transfer last year from Montana State, the same school that offensive lineman, or uh, running back Isaiah Afonso transferred from um, uh, TJ Session. So those are the five guys that you're going to see out there starting on Saturday. And the, the line was a, a real weak point last year, but it looked like a, a really big turnaround this last time. So we'll, we'll, we'll see against a, a much bigger defensive line because the North Texas had a, a pretty small defense. It's pretty small defensive line. They had a big plugger. It was about 300 and shorter up and up the middle, but smaller overall. And they wore them down big time in the second half. So this will be a much, much better test for those guys. For sure. When I was uh, searching you guys on Twitter, kind of looking for some different people to follow and things like that, I kept seeing, uh, like you had mentioned, a lot of the Cal fan base was excited for the return of the OC. Um, what are some things, what are kind of his principles? What is he trying to do offensively? Well, Jake Babito was at Cal one year in 2016. So Cal fans really know what they're going to get in him. That was not a very good team in 2016. The defense was pretty bad, but the offense was um, 10th overall in the nation. So mm. he was able to do a lot with um, not so much. Now, what his principles are, he's a spread style, spread style offense, and his big principle is get open, find green grass. So mm. guys have the ability to break off their routes, and the quarterbacks have worked with them enough to intuitively be able to to follow what they're doing downfield and and find those gaps in the defense. And that's one of the biggest difference from last year. Bill Musgrave was a former offensive coordinator in the NFL for close to 30 years and or 20 years. And his his uh, offense was very rigid. You couldn't break off your routes. And if it wasn't mm-hmm. there, you had to stick to it anyway. So Spavel comes up with a lot of different ways to beat you. He's super innovative. So if if uh, if there's any tricks up a coach's sleeve, he's he's going to be the guy that's going to find it. Yeah, we just went through a little bit of a uh, a two year period of stagnant offenses. Going to uh, try to make it work even when it ain't working. We definitely you can commiserate. <laughs> yeah, we definitely know what that's like, man. Yeah. Uh, before we let you get out of here, Jim, college football. This has been the craziest college football offseason that I can remember, and uh, Cal kind of got sucked up in it, right, with the conference realignment. Um, I can't imagine. Like, as an Auburn fan, if we weren't playing the Ole Misses, the Mississippi States, the Tennessees, the Georgia, the Alabamas, all these teams that I grew up, you know, hating and loving to hate and that whole kind of deal. What is just the mood of the fan base, man? You know, how, what are your personal thoughts on it, um, on just the whole the move to the ACC? And, and I guess you're kind of losing some of these long rivals that you've had in the Pac-12. Uh, just what do you think about it, man? I mean, what happened? Like you said, it's just not right. Right. You know, we've, we've played Stanford and, and UCLA for 100 years and uh, USC and Oregon and Oregon State, the old old conference before Washington, Washington State and Arizona, Arizona State joined in and Utah and Colorado. Um, 
you're talking Colorado, you know, they could go off to the Big 12 and big deal. We'd still have the old Pac-12 or Pac-10 and maybe add a couple of schools. But USC really blew up this whole thing. They mm-hmm. they uh, negotiated secretly and pulled uh, UCLA along with them. And when the, the school was – the programs were left flat-footed. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's a just a massive sigh of relief amongst Cal fans that, that, that uh, the program went to the ACC – it, it saved the program because if you're not in a power four conference, you're dead going forward. Yeah. And uh, I think there's just a lot of um, anticipation to be able to face some new, really interesting programs to be able to play in death Valley and Clemson and Tallahassee and uh, you know, Boston college and catch a game at Fenway and Syracuse and go to the hall of fame. I mean, this is going to inject a lot of new life, I think, into the, the program. It's going to be a little bit complicated with the travel schedules and it's a lot to juggle. Uh, the, the East coast teams aren't going to have to come West nearly as often as, as we're going to have to go back that way. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's a, a really interesting new challenge and I, I think it's going to help with recruiting and uh, it's going to particularly help with recruiting and basketball because they're playing against a lot of storied programs and hoops. And uh even though the Pac-12 has gotten better in hoops in recent years and has become a pretty good conference, it's still not known as a top conference, and ACC always has been. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting and I think really fun. And as a guy that goes to every single game, I think I've been to 119 in the last 121. Uh, okay. Road trips coming up. Can't wait yeah. for Auburn, too, man. Can't wait. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll treat you right, buddy. We will. We promise. What you got, Blake? Uh, Jim, I, I wanted a score prediction, man. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I got to. <laughs> but I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, but I got to put you on the spot, man. Who do you think wins this football game? Well, I could really see it going either way, honestly. Mm. I think if you asked me last week, I'd probably have the reverse of the score I'll give you. But I, I think this week, assuming that Cal doesn't turn the ball over too often, um, I'm going to go with the upset special of 31 to 27, but honestly, I could easily see it going the other way. Yeah. Okay. I respect it, man. That's uh, I think ESPN has you guys up in, in favor, like 56. I think you guys are 56% to win the game or 58% to yeah, win the game. Yeah, it's almost like 58, 59. Yeah. pretty high. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I respect that. Uh, and Jim, we appreciate you joining us, man. We, uh, we, we're excited to get out there and all the Auburn fans that are going out to Berkeley. Uh, I know they're going to have a blast and, uh, and hopefully this thing will be one heck of a football game. You all are going to get a great reception from Cal fans. Believe me, you're going to love it out there. Yes, love sir. Hey, hey, Jim, God, put your, your Twitter, buddy, so our guys can follow you. Uh, Bear Insider underscore com. Yes, sir. Hey, we appreciate you, Jim. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you. Yeah, Bye, man. Buddy. All right, Blake, that was our guy, Jim, from Bear Insider, man, giving us a little peek behind the scenes because, you know, we don't go out there too often, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, nice little nice little peek at the Cal Golden Bears. We're going to get to you guys' comments, man. We see B-Will's forehead in here acting a fool as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new there, right? But, hey, look. B-Well says, just finished watching Ike and Keldrick, uh, watching the, watch the film with Ike, excuse me, and Keldrick Falk is a nasty human being, brother. You mm-hmm. already know we've been saying it. I've been talking that talk, but you can keep talking. You can comment the same thing in the comments again, and I'll pull it back up, B-Well. <laughs> <laughs> the boy is bad, bad news. B-Well's forehead also says, 600 yards of offense, easy, bro. Easy. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. 
That's not like a 42 to 35 type game. Our boy Jim just said 31-27. I'll hold off till Friday, but Blake, I think a lot of points are going to get scored, man. I really do. Um, yeah, I, I think Auburn. I think Auburn puts up some points. I think Cal scores a little bit, but I think in that second half, man, Auburn kind of takes over. Uh, I, I just, I think I said today like forty-one to twenty-seven on Twitter. I just think yeah. Auburn takes over late. Yeah, we got to establish that run, man. We got to establish that run. Chris Causey saying, what's up? What's up, Chris, man? Thank you for being here, brother. We appreciate all your support. Yeah. Let's see what else we got. Oh, this is an interesting point, Bebo's forehead makes. It's been a while since we could trust the staff to improve our players from week to week, and I'm excited. Very good point, Blake. Like, there's a lot of new with this staff, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, let's get over to this point that Bebo's forehead makes. Let's talk about this press conference, Blake. Because there was something that Hugh Freeze said that um, if you remember when we talked to Jake Crane, I had kind of brought this was this was before the season, right? Where I had said, "Hey, it appears to me that he brought in Peyton Thorne, and then Robbie got better, and Holden got better, and it seems like he pulled all the the right strings, and he has to coach every guy a little bit differently." And he said. You know, I think I need to just lay off of Peyton a little bit because I have to coach him a little bit differently. And it appears that Robbie is the kind of guy, right, where you kind of got to get up in his face and let him know. And everyone responds differently. We talked about this. Hmm. And I, I thought that was um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Obviously, also, the big question is going to be whether uh, Jarquez plays or not. I am team free 27. What say you, Blake? Uh, absolutely, man. Enough is enough. Let the guy go. This is his last year at Auburn. Like he's gonna go pro. Uh, let him eat, man. Like he, he's done enough. He served enough. Uh, he's he sat out. He's missed time around the team. He he had to sit out last Saturday. Let the kid play, man. He's a kid. Like uh, he's once all of this is over, like it it happens so quick, man. And then you move on in life, and he's gonna look back at it and be like. Dang, bro, like I had to sit out over something that was so stupid, you know, like yeah. uh, let let 27 eat, man. Let him let him get out there in California and have have a uh, a 200 yard day like I predicted. I'm about to say Blake went, <laughs> Blake went viral back in the middle of the summer <laughs> saying he was going to go for 200. So, you yeah, know, let's let that thing come to fruition right there, man. Let's see what we got some score predictions coming in already. Jackson Hall says he's got Auburn 48, Cal 24. My God, Jackson, if we do this, I will be booging on Sunday, bro. Like, the bug level is going to really start to crank up if we if that happens. Our guy Chris calls. He's saying Auburn 48, Cal 27. And if I'm saying your last name, brother, pronounce it, you know, in, in the comments. Uh, spell it out for me and I get it for you. Uh, 48 to 27. Look, man, you guys are bugging. I'm with this. War Eagle. What's up, War Eagle? Thank you, brother. You know, we appreciate you. I think it is a shootout the first half, but I think we pull away in the second half by 14 to 17. Cal 35, AU 49. This is kind of where I'm Ooh. at, man. This is kind I'm serious. Well, uh, Blake, what's the over here? What's the over under here? Oh, man, I haven't even looked at it. You don't know yeah. I hadn't looked at it because I think we beat them by 17 to 21 to 24 points. That's why I hadn't looked at it. I think we go out there and we open up a can of bullpen. All right. 
I'm just being straight up honest with you, Dustin. All right. I think we open up a can. And I know I appreciate my guy, Jim, for hopping on. He was so nice uh, through Twitter, man. And I messaged him. And I messaged him like a couple weeks ago. And uh, he asked me if I was coming out there. And I was like, no, I actually chose to go to uh, Eugene in a couple weeks uh, to watch the Oregon Ducks take on the USC Trojans and everything. Uh, so, uh, he he kind of gave me some tips of things to do up in Eugene and just super good guy. But his cow bears about to get their ass handed to them, <laughs> and uh, that's how excited I am over this. Uh, I think we go handle business. But let me let me look it up just to just to, uh let's see Auburn minus six and a half. Go ahead and pound. Hey, you take that hammer you got in there. All right. And you pull that baby out and you hammer that song <laughs> going, all right? That Auburn put the house note on it. Um, let's see. Let's see. The over-under is 55. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, go. go. Yeah, a 55. Shoot, shoot the moon, dude. Auburn's shoot putting the- up 40. So, you know, Cal, they're, they're going to put up right. a couple, you know. So, I mean, over 55, boy – yeah, man, come on. Come on. That's free money. That's free money. <laughs> hey, free money says Blake James Barnett. What's up, James Barnett? Fellas, what's up? Brave Blinging Out Fire. I think we put a 50-piece on Cal. 50-piece. 50. <laughs> Two quarters. Two hey. Quarters. Hey, man, Auburn goggles. Everybody's got their Auburn shades on tonight. Get the shades back out. Like, check this one out, bro. <laughs> what we got going on here? 51 17. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, look, 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 look. Don't make us look dumb, boys. <laughs> no, 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 look, look, look. I want to make a point, man. I want to make a point. It feels good to mm. get back on here and do this, right? Right, like, sure, man. Is Winnie the Pooh golden? <laughs> uh, yeah, they made him into like a serial killer and everything. Like, it was weird. What? Yeah, like the new Winnie the Pooh and all that. Whatever. That's uh, that's. Did, uh, they him, did they make him a chick, Winnie the Pooh? I'll show. Uh, but <laughs> um, it feels good to get on here and do this again, man, and and uh, just just have a good time, like cutting up, and it's not just pure miserable talk with me and Dustin on here, and just us being down in the sixty nine and nothing. <laughs> Why not, man? Why not? Yeah. I love it. I think I yeah. see what Stuart says. Yeah, what's up, Stuart? Forty-five, thirty-one. Hey, like that. that's that's like really that. that's really where I'm at, man. Um, I do think that Cal is going to. I understand that Cal is going to find a way to score points. Um, I think they got some guys over there. I think that their OC is able to draw up some things. Uh, depth. I think that we're better depth wise with them. And and Dustin, I want to make this point. If Sam Jackson doesn't play, I think they're in trouble. Mm. That's just me. I think they're in trouble. If if the what's his name Ben Finley, I think it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ben Finley. Uh, that's their backup. If he just sits in the pocket, and I, and I know Jim said he was kind of sneaky with his legs and everything, but I I think if if Sam Jackson don't play, I think they're in trouble, bro. I, I you know what? I, I don't think they're going to be able to sit back there and throw the ball on Auburn all day. Right. You know what it sounded like when he was trying to when he was saying that? It sounded like me if I was trying to convince somebody that Peyton Thorne was sneaky quick. Yeah. I, yeah like shut up. Like, you know what I'm saying? No, 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 I'm not saying telling Jim, but it's just, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's like, bro, I don't know. I ain't buying that. Yeah. Uh, if you if 
if you can beat if he can beat us with his legs, and we got all kinds of problems, right? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. You just want to kind of uh, Jalen McLeod, dude. We got to get Jalen McLeod back for this one. We really need we really need Jalen here. Um, Brad Brownie, hey, I just want to know if Hunter's gonna play, brother. So do I. (laughs) (laughs) I can promise you, dude. Not a whole lot of people know, man. So let's see. But uh, I want to make the uh, read War Eagles here. We could pile on the points, but I think that we slow it down at the end just to run the clock out, get out of there with a dub, and shut it down before 2 a.m., shaking my damn head. Yeah, dude, the, the time is just going to be – it's just going to be as what it is. If you're like an Auburn fan that lives in, like, New York City or Miami or whatever, it's just, just that much worse. Um, I don't know. I guess that instead of complaining about it, let's be excited, like, we only get this is pretty rare, right? We're not ever going to get to do this often, so let's just enjoy it. And we're going to be the only like, I guarantee you we'll be the only game really people are watching at that point in time, right? Like we'll be the biggest. I'm pretty sure that'll be the biggest game on at 11:30 at night. Yeah. So you know, like you're going to have everybody that's up, you know, that's still watching ball and a good slate, dude. Yeah. Because like obviously week one is usually kind of a dud. You have a few games, and by the way, me and Blake. Struck out on the big games of the weekend. Picked South Carolina, picked LSU, and the ACC said nah. See, I was going to. I had originally had a question right out for Jim where I was going to ask if Cal felt like they could uh, handle SEC offensive and defensive line. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, man, if I was him, I probably would just would have said, yeah, well, North Carolina and FSU handled it fine, huh? So That's it. That's true. You know, we have, well, I think sometimes, man, we build it up like we're, um, you know, we're just untouchable in this conference and we look at it and, and everyone kind of makes fun of the Pac 12. We make fun of the Pac 12. Um, but, you know, man, like they're going to put up some points and really it's about the trip. It's no disrespect to their team because they're a good enough team to where if you're not prepared, you're going to get beat. And we've had two back to back losing seasons. So we say this all the time. We're not trying to come from some like, stance of college football royalty you know Auburn's not on no damn throne like when's the when's the last bowl game we won you know like mm-hmm. so I'm not trying to take Cal for granted it's just I feel like it's a game that we should win it's really just the trip man and, and uh the little stuff because Hugh got asked in the press conference how they're going to handle class and all that and he was like or how he was going to handle the week they're going to practice later study later that kind of thing and he was like they have class this isn't the pros where if the pros have a crazy game coming up, you know, versus London or whatever, or a game in London, they can do things to adjust or a team in like if Tampa's got to go out to play LA. They can do things all week to adjust to that. They can put their practices at a certain time. But these kids still got to go to class. Lost in all the NIL, lost mm-hmm. in all the stupid Dr. Pepper commercials, lost in all the money is – this is still college ball. Like they still got to go to class. So Hugh said, we'll do what we can. Or well, what do you say that they were going to get up there? Uh, help me out chat. If we are going to get up there Friday, he said, or Thursday, that well, way there wasn't a whole lot of lag. Yeah. I think it's Thursday. I think they're getting out there Thursday. Yeah. So yeah. Seahawks says uh, we might find out Thursday talking about Jarquez. I'm assuming. I mean, yeah, at some point, right. Just kind of like last week, it'll, it'll, you'll kind of find out and, yeah. If he gets on the plane, he's playing. That is the point. Yeah, I somebody made that point earlier uh, in the week, and that is really the, the point because you have the travel rule. I believe it's 75. So you're not bringing him if he can't play. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. And this is this kind of um, – it's kind of one of the things, too, where it's like, okay, it was cool versus UMass, but I want RB1 back, mm-hmm. you know. 
Jackson Hall says this is a perfect test before AM. What do you think about this, Blake? Absolutely. We talked about this a couple, what, months back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we broke yeah. down the schedule and who we thought was the, the most important games on Auburn's schedule. And, you know, we, we thought re- Cal was really high on that list, right? Uh, because it is the perfect test. Uh, it's it's cross country. You're going out here. You're going to find yourself in a tricky game, all right? You're going to find yourself in a game that kind of feels uncomfortable to start, right? You remember that mm-hmm. trip on a Thursday night to Kansas State? Oh, that's a wild little one. Apple in Manhattan. 2014. Yeah, you remember that and just how awkward it felt on mm-hmm. that Thursday night? It just felt like, ugh, you know, I just get out of there, man. Get out of there with a win. I feel like – Early on, I feel like that's what Cal could feel like. It could feel like Auburn turns the ball over. Uh, you know, Cal gets up maybe 10 to 3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting here going, oh, man, no, it's disaster on the road. Um, but Texas A&M has their own test this weekend. Right? We're about to see what Miami is about. We're about to mm-hmm. see what Mario Cristobal is about. So Texas A&M, they can't look, afford, uh, they can't look ahead – Uh, at Auburn because they have their own test. So we're going to see more of what both teams really look like uh, before that week four matchup, Dustin. Yeah, that's the cool thing about this week is, like I said, there's people are starting to get tested. So, like, now you get to find out because they and them look nice. They look like some things that improve, but who do they play again? Like, Yeah, so, I mean, how do you really, really know? 22 Busy says, if we beat Cal and Texas A&M loses to Miami, we go into that game with momentum. This is something that me and Blake have talked about a lot this summer. If if we beat Cal and Texas A&M loses to Miami, it's going to be the same scenario as back when Les Miles got fired. Les Miles came into that game versus Auburn knowing what it was. Daniel Carson kicked six field goals, and Les Miles was done. If I'm not mistaken, it was the fourth game of the season, too, because I believe that LSU had lost to Wisconsin in Lambeau Field that year won a couple of cupcake games, were two and one, and then faced Gus, and it was kind of being dubbed that week as one of these coaches might go if they lose this game. And ultimately, we won the game, and then that was the end of uh, the Les Miles era in LSU. So a similar situation to this right here. Like, Mm -hmm. if they lose that game to Miami, then the heat has turned all the way up on Jimbo's ass, bro. Like, it's all the way up. That ass will be on fire. So that the pressure on that team, on that program, with us coming in there, if we're coming in there three and zero and they're two and one with that loss to Miami, yeah, dude, um, that'll be fun, and it'll be one of the things where they can say what they want to say. You know, we're just focused on the opponent and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we've seen as Auburn fans the last couple of years. You think them players weren't feeling the weight of what was going on versus Arkansas last year? You think they were completely locked in? Absolutely. Nah. nah. They knew what was up. They knew their coach was on borrowed time. Yep. And under this scenario right here, man, I can I, I can see this a lot. I am really, really interested. Now, I ask you, 22 Busy, what if A&M comes out and houses Miami? Then what? <sighs> They're bugging <laughs> because uh, it it's starting to look like things have been restored in College Station. But then what happens if Auburn walks in there and they beat you at College Station and it's back-to-back years and 
And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Like that game is really that Texas A&M game is the game. If we beat Cal and then we beat A&M, I really feel like this team can get to nine wins. Yeah, Devin says, "Where you go, fellas? Just got home from my son's basketball practice. Super excited for the game this weekend. Not looking forward to the late kickoff, though." Well, Devin, if I am correct, your brother or your husband is a Washington fan, right? So mm. you do a little Pac-12 after dark all the time, anyway, to support your man. So you should be used to this. Mm. Let's see. But Pac-12 yes, yeah, we ain't. But now nah, I'm with you, Devin. This is this is. We're gonna spin that as a positive. It's unique. Jackson Hall, Billy Napier is Harson on steroids. He somehow has a $39 million buyout. Here is the difference in Billy Napier and Brian Harson. Why are y'all making me do this? Billy Napier recruits. There's your difference. Is he going to make it in Florida? I don't know. But he recruits out of high school. I don't know what they did in the portal with that offensive line and all that. I don't know what in the world that garbage was. But – there is a little bit of a difference there. But yeah, man, he might get paid. And if I had to guess, if his buyout, if you're, if I'm taking you out your word here, Jackson, if his buyout is $39 million and I had to guess at who his agent was, and I don't know, I'm just, you know, just throwing darts here, but I'm guessing it's going to be Jimmy Sexton because that's what that man does. Whenever you see a stupid buyout, just know that there's somebody that's really, really good at his job. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what those for me. Hey, Blake, show your boy some love, bro. Show your boy some love. No market extension after they beat you. Where's this be from? Uh, <laughs> Riley Leonard is from Fairhope, Alabama. Man, the two five one graduated from Fairhope High School. Uh, Awesome, awesome, awesome. I, you know, I shouted him out two or three times last night on Twitter. Uh, I'm always going to shout out my hometown guys. He's right across the bay from me. You know, the, the go, go through the tunnel and across the Mobile Bay Bridge and everything, man. He's right there at Fairhope. So I'm always going to shout my dudes out. I don't care if he plays for Duke. He put on a performance last night. Uh, but to B Will's forehead, uh, to this comment, is this just shows you why Duke will never win in football, all right? Because they do not care about <laughs> athletics as a whole. Now, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, Duke basketball, yeah, because they had Coach K, and it's always been a basketball school, and Coach K kind of bent the rules a little bit, right? But they care about oh. academics. They care about academics before they care about <laughs> athletics, so – yeah, uh, yeah, man, that was good stuff. Couldn't be us. But that was a good game. And, bro, like Clemson, or a good game for Duke. But um, Clemson wouldn't even score if it wasn't for a Duke right. mistake. The like trade. Yeah, that was – if you – you know, I don't – Hugh Freeze might not like the transfer portal. I mean, I don't know. But I'm sure, I'm sure there are coaches that don't like the portal that understand I got to use the portal or I'm like mm-hmm. you just said, I'm going to get left behind. Dabo. You got to do it, bro. You got to get with it. You this It's not 2015, man. The entire game has changed. This whole, when you commit to me, you can't take other visits and all this other stuff. I feel you. I agree with it. To me, the word commitment means commitment. But it's 2023. And that whole, like, 
that whole mindset, you're going to get left in the dust. You're getting left in the dust. And I'm not saying that the wheels are falling off at Clemson, but my God, man, the talent level. Because I'm watching it, I'm watching it, Blake, and they're reading off these names, and I'm getting pissed because half of these kids are Phoenix City kids that we let go, four and five stars. And I'm like, and you know, I was just at Phoenix City. I just like, how are you not winning with these kids? You're losing to Duke. The talent gap here is so massive, bro. You've got to get with the portal. And it's you can it's like a I don't want to say like a, a get rich quick scheme, but it's a quick plug. Like, oh, I got a problem. Gunner Britton, perfect example. Let's shout out Gunner Britton. Mm-hmm. SEC offensive lineman of the week. The Auburn Tigers, Blake, had an SEC offensive lineman of the week. I mean, I'll be damned. So let, let's let's just let's just review, okay, real quick. These last 48, 72 hours in the life of an Auburn fan. You get a big time dub, and I don't care who it was versus, you get a big time dub, which felt unlike anything felt like last year, right? Yep. Then you get a 2025 commitment out of that. A kid that's a three-star with still a year and a half of high school ball left to go. Can easily become a four-star, five-star, whatever. You know, sky's the limit for that kid. Um, and then you get your biggest offensive line target since Casey Poe went off the board to Bama. A kid that you had to have. A kid that you've invested a lot of time in getting from California. And then you get SEC Offensive Lineman of the Week. Like, that's a whole lot of offensive line love is the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. And when you build it in the trenches, that's when Jay Fair can eat. Peyton Thorne had all the time in the world, didn't he? Oh, that's crazy how that works. It's, a fun. Crazy, it's crazy how that works. And it's not necessarily the sexiest thing. I think it's sexy watching the big boys do the work that they do. But I know a lot of people just like watching, you know, where the ball goes. And I totally get that. Um, but, yeah, man. They got to have the time. They got to have the time. And Jarquez could be everything he, you know, imagine, imagine Tank Bigsby behind this offensive line. Yeah. What's he going, what's he going for? 15? Yeah. He's, uh, he's eating for sure. Cause now you look at him in the, in the NFL, man, he's, he's cutting up. Yeah. This is the perfect point. B Will's forehead. Clemson has 50-plus four- and five-stars on their roster. Duke has two. That blue-chip ratio is off the wall. And as much as I talk about winning in their living rooms and recruiting, like, it all has to be cohesive, right, Blake? Like, you can have all the talent. But for one, and I'm going to watch some more Clemson now because I'm on the lookout for it, but the body language of their players and the way that they interact with their coaches – doesn't necessarily look right. You want to know something that stood out to me last night? They don't have a guy. Mm. That, like like on offense, and when I say this, you know, it is what it is, but it's the truth. Like Will, like Will Shipley can't be your guy. Bro, you can't. It, it reminded me of us with carry on. And I'm not, I'm not like saying like talent level because carry on yeah. was a dude, but like where it's just, you got to have somebody else. Like, you can't yeah. pound this guy. Okay, uh, we're moving him in the slot right here, and then we throw him the ball. Okay, now he's in the backfield, and we hand him the ball. Okay, yeah. this time he's outside, and we throw him the ball. Like, bro, you're not you're not even using him good as a decoy. Whenever you put him somewhere, and then you give him a ball, like, we know he's getting the ball. They it, gotta, wasn't, 
Was it weird, like, not to see them have a, an elite receiver? Like, Clemson not have a guy that they can go to down the field, uh, hit a home run ball or anything like that. I mean, it was just weird. Like, Clemson doesn't have a guy that they can stretch the field with, go vertical with, uh, or just a guy that they can get out in space for real and, and uh, let do work. Man, I feel like everything was on Will Shipley's shoulders and – uh, like and then the disaster that happened down on the goal line, like inside the ten twice, uh, it was just a a heck of a night for him, man. Yeah, no, it was. Um, if you're a Clemson fan, like, we what are we thinking here? Because they wanted to blame DJ, and then you, and, well, I, and I don't, I don't think Blake, I don't think that when you talk about the receivers, there's guys in that room. So to me, it's one of two things: it's either scheme. Or it's your position coaches aren't developing them, or a mm. combination of both. But I see a lack of development. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our, our guy Ang says you should always support those Baldwin County guys. Go Perry! Yo, mm. we are going not this Friday, but next Friday. <clears throat> Ton of content coming out from me and Blake. We will be watching Perry Thompson versus Bryce Kane, uh, Baker versus Foley. That thing gonna be lit. I will be also watching Perry Thompson this Friday night in Sims, Alabama. Uh, Foley travels to Mary G. Montgomery. That is, I believe, a top 10 matchup. I might be uh, missing on Foley there. Foley might not be in the top 10 just yet, but I know they're they're projected to win the region. Like, whoever wins this game is projected to win the 7A region one. So, this is going to be uh, a juggernaut. Uh, MGM's quarterback is going to south. So, uh, yeah, they've got talent. Uh, Foley's got a lot of talent, and uh, I will be there to watch Perry Friday night, and then I'll be with you the next week for uh, Bryce and Perry. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I got a little situation going on with the vehicle. Uh, you follow me on Twitter. I'll keep you posted as to where I'm going to be. Uh, I should be able to make it out somewhere. Um, I might have to stay local this time and maybe look at some guys that are Auburn targets, not somebody that's committed. I don't know if I'll be able to make it out to a commitment this week. Like I said, just got to get some stuff worked out with the car, but uh, we will see how that goes. I had a uh, comment that Jackson Hall made about the linebackers I wanted to get to, but real quick, guys, taking care of some choice. Y'all already know we do this right here every single Tuesday now, 7 p.m. Central Time. Hop in there, and y'all already know the deal with Home Field Apparel. Go to Home Field Apparel. You see it at the top of the screen here. If you're listening on the audio, it's homefieldapparel.com. Type in the code UPTEMPO. You will get 15% off of your purchase, man. They have 1999 Auburn SEC Championship Basketball, 2010 Auburn National Championship T-shirt. I actually had to uh, get, get a new one because all my 2010 gear is uh, is messed up. So, man, uh, 1957, anything that, that you need, man, home feels got you. What's up, Blake? Uh, and I also wanted to say, guys, uh, the Super Chats and stuff might be turned off tonight because uh, we're dealing with some things with YouTube. Like, we got a paperwork to fill out and all that stuff to, like, uh, get everything with taxes and stuff like that situated. So, um, they, like, disable all of that while they're reviewing it. And right. so, uh, that should be back coming up uh, here in the next week or two. They Does that said, affect the people joining the memberships? I'm not sure if it does reach out to us and uh, yeah, we, will, we will get with you and keep you updated on that. Uh, but YouTube hit me up yesterday, I believe, and was like, hey, you know, this is the deal. And so I had to fill out a bunch of paperwork. And hmm. so, yeah, that's how it goes, man. So, yeah, for sure. And I want to do give a shout out to Blake, guys. I know he, he shouts me out all the time for, you know, the work that I put in. But there's a lot of stuff for one putting up with me. 
because I'm texting, I'm texting Blake ideas all the time. Hey man, do this, do that. We should label the video this. We should do that. We do that. Um, but uh, you know, but we're just on this grind, man. And uh, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff, like Blake said, the paperwork, all that kind of stuff that uh, that Blake handles for it. And I'm super appreciative of you for doing that for us, brother. Yeah, let's get man. over here to this. Um, let's get over here to this comment Jackson made about the linebackers. I want to get to it. Let me sort through all of the shit. Let's see. I had you start, Jackson, but he wants. There we go. He wants Asante and Larry Nixon, your boy Larry Nixon, to star over Austin Keys and Cam Riley this week. What do you think about this, Blake? I agree. With both of them? You think both of them should start over? Yeah. Keys is banged up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, Asante and Nixon, I think that's who you got to go with. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, man, you know, I told you guys not to give up on Cam Riley, but going back and watching the game from Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm not negative on on that of 13, but um, I just don't know, man. I, like, I, I'm not sure if Cam's really figuring things out, right? Um, I think Asante and Nixon are in the backfield. They're blowing plays up. They don't overrun plays. Uh, they don't, which eventually takes themselves out of plays. Uh, and you know, they're for sure tacklers. So I think that's what you need, man. Especially if Sam Jackson plays, right? If Sam mm-hmm. Jackson, the fifth plays, like I could see a guy like Asante and Nixon, uh, you know, keeping him contained, uh, not taking themselves out of plays, uh, and, and things like that. So man, yeah, I like that from Jackson. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think keys is banged up. But yeah, um, Eugene is guys. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe Keys is going to play. Um, not 100 on that, but I, I don't sound like he is. Uh, Eugene's got to start, bro. You see, Eugene was an absolute. Yeah. Player. I mean, like he's got he's got to start. Um, War Eagle says I'm watching the Phoenix cover. Phoenix City covers next. Hey, appreciate you, man. Um, I put out the video yesterday, guys, uh, comparing Cam Coleman and Bryce Kane. Um, because, you know, just kind of wanted to show people that aren't signed up for these memberships kind of what, what you're getting. But, yeah, we definitely um, – I definitely had that one up for you guys, the Phoenix City. Hung out with our guy Mike G last Friday night and uh, watched Phoenix City just house Smith Station. It was 58-0 to zero at halftime or something like that. Cam Coleman had three tutties. Our guy, our guy Dylan Upshaw had two tutties. Uh, and so I highlight those guys. I kind of tell you what I saw. So do appreciate you, man. I, I'm glad that you're liking that coverage. I'm putting in work trying to get that right for you boys, man. Let's see. Uh, Asante is a beast. Yes, he absolutely is. Chris Causey, just got my level up T-shirt today. Let's go, Chris. Let's go, man. Appreciate you, brother. We really do, man. We appreciate all of your support. Let's see. Everyone's kind of agreeing in the chat here about Eugene Asante. Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, it's just – and we talk about it. We don't really know what happened last year. There there was some personal stuff going on in his life, right? Um, And it wasn't nothing that he did. Um, But to see this, the night and day difference. I mean, it was like linebacker play was so bad last year, Blake. So bad. And he didn't get to touch the field. Mm-hmm. And then we see him out there tonight, or, or Saturday, excuse me, and he's just flying around to the ball, man. So mm-hmm. very, very exciting. He's getting a lot of love. Yeah, it'll be fun to see because here's – so I thought about this today. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know now, and I'm not saying you have to empty the whole kitchen sink, but you might have to uh, reach into the pantry a little bit this weekend. Raw Roberts might have to show a little bit more, right? So it'll be it'll be fun to see because if Cal starts scoring, we can't lose a ball game. Yeah. 
We still got to play LSU, A&M, you know, and I know that LSU lost to Florida State, and I know they look bad. They lost to Florida State last year and looked bad. That ain't a conference game. They still beat Bama. They still did what they did. They got crushed by Tennessee last year. Like, they still did what they did. They still won the West. You still got to go to to Death Valley, which is just a house of horrors for us. Still got to play Georgia. Haven't won there in forever. Still got to play Bama. Like, or haven't beat Georgia in forever. Excuse me. They're coming to us. But listen, bro, like, there's a lot of hard games. So, left on the schedule. If you get in a dogfight with Cal, it's not going to be vanilla anymore. You're going to have to let it be. So, I'm interested to see uh, this week Keontae and, and Eugene and Donovan fully let go because I think that your take about Donovan being the honey badger is an excellent take. He's a dog, man. He's a dog. Like it, the way they use him and talking about the honey badger, bro. Like how bad is the LSU secondary? Is oh. is, is it one of the worst LSU secondaries that you've seen in? <sighs> yeah. I mean, it is like, it. yeah, for sure. It was bad, man. Like it was bad. But what's also bad is when the QBs got all day to throw the damn ball because LSU's not getting no pressure. And I know they have a guy that can get pressure, and they're just playing him inexplicably out of position. And then, like, to not make the adjustment, to not sit back and say, okay, bump all this. Let's put Perkins right here and make it do what it do. Bro, 35-7. to and, like, it looked exactly like the second half with Auburn versus Penn State last year. Just going this way. Mm-hmm. Just going this way. Just get out my way, bro. Like, yeah, I saw that and was definitely, definitely taken aback. And I know we don't play South Carolina, but, like, I feel like South Carolina go 8-4, 9-3. I'd have to go back and look exactly what I said. But, good Lord, after getting 11 rushing yards, I'm kind of like, ah. I gave up nine sacks. Bro, I just don't know. Jackson Hall says, do y'all think a nickel could have the most sacks this year? Uh, the way the way they coming off the <laughs> maybe <laughs> like maybe Keontae or Donovan. Yeah, <laughs> the way they're coming, bro. They, they, that Keontae comes off there. Woo! Yeah. Man, He's going was... back to Cali this week, too. Yeah. He's going back home, man. You know he wants to eat. Show out, Keontae. Show us something. War Eagle says, I'm going to jump on merch here soon. Believe that. Hey, man, you already do enough, brother. Subscribe. Just just subscribe and liking the video helps us out. You being a member obviously helps us out. But, yeah, man, if you want to do that, I'm not going to tell you no. Hop over there and get you some. I promise you'll look good in it. Get your last second comments in in here. Excuse me. Get your last second comments in here, guys, before we get out of here. UNC sacked South Carolina nine times. That is so bad. UNC's defense usually sucks. Yeah, Devin, but our guy, our guy Gene Chizik said, hold up. Our, he reached in there and said, ah, resurrect from the dead. And, uh, yeah, man, pulling for Gene, bro. Gene, I always say that um, the way that Gene weathered that storm, just the media-wise, in 2010 was super impressive. Like, to keep that team together, to keep that locker room together with the Pete Thamels of the world, um, making up lies and ESPN making up lies and doing exactly what they, what they do and doing their clickbait and doing everything that they can do to help out that team across the state for Chiswick to, to maintain stand in the pocket, bro. And it, like, yes, I am accusing of ESPN of doing that. I'm accusing AL.com of doing that. Um, I just get so freaking sick and tired of their crap. 
you know, but it is what it is, man. But yeah, yeah, Devin, that was wild to see to see two teams that are expected to be good in the SEC in South Carolina and LSU just get absolutely manhandled up front by ACC teams. That was definitely a trip. Eric says, if you look at the stats, you'd think LSU won. Yeah. Uh, that film, that do you, film. Do you think, uh, I mean, man, look, anytime you pass up points, um, I just, like LSU's, a, LSU and their inability to run the football the last couple years is shocking to me because what do we always remember? Like, I always remember LSU mm-hmm. having bruising running backs, elite offensive line play, all right? Mm-hmm. And they don't have that anymore. Like, they can't run the football, Dustin. It's wild, and so, man. And they line up on fourth and two, and you put the ball in Jaden Daniels' hands. And I just – I didn't like that, man. First drive of the game, kicked the field goal. Uh, it it should have – LSU should have been up early, man. And – uh and they played themselves into a three-point lead at half, and I felt like things just slowly got away. And obviously, Florida State made the second half adjustments, and LSU did not. So, oh yes, you read my mind. Shout out to our member here. Look, that was such a Harson Kiffin move to not take the field goals. I'll say it once, Blake. I'll say it a thousand times. By the way, you know we love you and appreciate you, Teresa. Listen. Take the damn points. Take the points. LSU should have been leading that game by nine at halftime. Take the points, bro. Just do it. You do, like you don't know the, the way the game is going to flow. Kick those field goals, man. Just kick them because you're going to end up in a situation most likely where you were like, oh, I wish I had those three or I wish I had that six. And that's my thing too. <clears throat> when you leave a field goal on the board – that's half a touchdown. So it's like, bro, if you come back and you miss another one or you don't go for or you go for it and don't get another, you you have now you have screwed yourself out of a touchdown. You're looking at it like it's just a field goal, but you're screwing yourself out of a touchdown. Um, how can I DM you guys? I do I don't uh, I don't do Twitter or Instagram. We got the uh, the pod email. Yeah, and, and we're trying to uh... I'm trying to get with Ike, man, to set up like our little group chat and everything to see like what we need to use or whatever. So we'll right. be getting you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, just um, just comment underneath this video, War Eagle, and um, and I'll, I'll comment back and get with you. Well, I'll get you my email or something, bro. Uh, all right, guys, we're about to get out of here in a couple of minutes, man. Get your last second uh, comments and everything in here. Look, we're at 930 subscribers at the time of recording. A 70 away from the goal, man. You guys have been awesome. All of our members have been in here tonight. Teresa, War Eagle, Chris, James, all you guys, man. Uh, really appreciate you. Shout out to my boy Dax Lee, man. Um, can't tell you, you know, how much we appreciate y'all. Listen, a lot of people watching, not subscribing. Hit that button. It don't cost no money. Just hit mm-hmm. that button. We are so close to getting a thousand. Mm-hmm. Make sure you like this video, man. Uh, share it out to your friends, your family, anybody that you know that likes Auburn. Devin says, "What? Where is the link to the online store? Uh, can we put that in the description?" Like, like Blake said, um, right now, Devin, YouTube is reviewing all of our stuff because of the massive gain and, and that we've had in subscribers and everything like that. Um, it's not that we're not in trouble or anything; they just have to review everything um, to make sure that we can monetize properly. And Blake's put out the paperwork and all that. Um, so once all that's done, 
we should be able to just have it like up here on the video type thing for you. So we are working on a lot of these things behind the scenes. Um, but right now go to, and Blake, you can't put it in the description still, even with what's going on. So, okay. So Blake will get in here, edit it and uh, put it in the description, Devin, but you can also go to warpour.com, go to the shop link. There's six pages of merch. I believe we're on like the third or fourth one. So, and appreciate you, Devin, for going out there doing that. And you've been a day one. So you have been riding with us since we were audio only, getting 15 to 20. And now you're rocking with us now. And you know that we appreciate you. Chris says, share this video, fam. Yes, sir. Ain says, so I am subscribed to the War Poor Can. Be a little yeah, more specific. You can subscribe to this one too. <laughs> we're just a big family. We're just a big family. Uh, can't see the like button. Um, yeah, we like we got some funky stuff going on while yeah. YouTube reviewing our account. So if that's the thing, I saw likes earlier though. People were liking the video before we got started. So uh, maybe sometimes YouTube, sometimes my you my YouTube acts weird when I'm watching other videos um like half the stuff won't come up a lot of times when i'm watching like the morning drop or something um the live chat on my phone doesn't pull up and i have to exit out and restart so i don't know maybe youtube's just being wonky you know i, I really don't know uh yeah we appreciate you Devin. chris says he, he got his shirt at the war report shop.com all right guys we're going to get out of here we want to give a big shout out to our guy jim mcgill from bear insider for joining us tonight uh, thank all you guys for coming in here, man, keeping the chat popping, keeping the topics coming. You yeah. already know the deal. Oh, yes. Good point here, Eric. Might need to be on a desktop to see everything. So when the memberships are we get back up once our stuff with YouTube. And again, you might be able to uh, still be able to sign up for the memberships. Not 100 percent on that because uh, we're going through this whole process. But uh, let us know if you are trying to sign up and it doesn't work. Let us know in the comments or on Twitter or however you want to get a hold of us. And we'll so we know what's going on with that. But um, yes, you have to uh, sign up for membership on desktop. So if you want to become a member, go to your desktop and make that happen. Because um, like Eric said, sometimes with your phone, man, you know, I don't really know what's going on with that. I know, I know, like just for podcasts or, or shows that I'm subscribed to on YouTube, um, I'll have the notification bell on. Like for Josh Pape, for example, I know what time he goes live but I still have the notifications on and they will come through at like six 45 and he goes live at six. So I'm like, well, he's been live for 45 minutes. You're just not hitting me with the notifications. So yeah, YouTube is definitely wonky. Uh, look, 10 o'clock Friday, full on cow uh, preview. We'll give our score predictions, man. Any news that happens for the rest of the week. Um, I feel like a 2025 mm -hmm. commitment is coming soon. Probably not this week, but stay on the lookout, man. Cause you know, Hugh freeze, stays recruiting Blake he doesn't stop man we had no idea Saturday that we were going to come out of there with Spencer Downland right um so you never know what these guys are doing behind the scenes you got anything before we get out of here brother let's go kick some ass Saturday yeah late man. night late night hey and after the game whether we win or lose uh I think it's a dub 41 to 27 Auburn uh but I'll tell you this Join the War Report post-game show. Listen to all the great content that they're putting out over there. Uh, we thank them for letting us be a part of their network. And War Damn Eagle, let's go beat Cal. Man, Friday, 10 o'clock, man. Friday, 10 a.m., we will see you guys then make our official score predictions. A lot of, a lot of you guys saying 41 to 17, 52 to 17. 
bugging hard on the Up Tempo podcast. Love you, Auburn family. We'll see you guys Friday at 10 o'clock. It's War Damn Eagle. Y'all already know. <laughs>